When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome to There's Always Next Year on the Play Like a Jet Network. I am your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. With me, as always, dealing with their turkey coma hangovers, uh, but certainly Jets elation, or Travis Milton, who you can find on Twitter at Dash 37, Board 27, and Josh Conrad, who you can find at Josh underscore Conrad on Twitter. Gentlemen, uh, we are coming off the roller coaster ride of the last couple weeks, uh, dealing with the aftermath of Zach Wilson's uh, utter tone deaf you know, response after the game, to his benching, to the naming of Mike White, to Mike White going out and destroying the Chicago Bears uh, with no Justin Fields on the on the field. But uh, wh- how are we responding to this today, Josh? Uh, you, you're you're eating leftover brisket sliders. Sure am. You're thinking back, you're watching you're watching the the replay of the game. What do you think about what you saw yesterday? How are we supposed to take this for the rest of the season? I uh, I think the the most timely text I sent to the three of us during the game yesterday was here are all the reasons why I'm trying to temper expectations. Um, but that's coming off a really really great sports weekend uh, where the U.S draws with England and my Yukon Huskies destroy the Phil Knight Invitational um, and the Jets just laying waste to the Bears team. Uh, yesterday afternoon, I was trying to temper expectations, but this morning I am ready to participate in some wildly uh, speculative, absolutely insane <laughs> predictions for this team now that Mike White uh, is the quarterback of this team and the entire mood has shifted with that guy uh, behind center, everything, everything, everything felt different yesterday. Um, even post game, you're seeing 
Instagram stories from the guys with Mike White on the field. Looks like that that team really, really loves him, really respects him. He's won he's won a lot of their respect. And um, I am ready to engage in some wildly irresponsible predictions for the rest of this season. I am feeling ridiculously <laughs> good, um, even staring down some of the tough games we have left on the schedule. Uh, it is a true, true victory Monday here as we are recording this podcast. Um, lots of great things we can we can dive into detail, but Trav, how, yeah. how are you feeling? How are you feeling, buddy? Well, I'm 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 in a Chili's parking lot right now, so I'm I'm live, but also uh, <laughs> maybe like get an open cheesecake year again. Old, no, we talked about year old. This. Nope, no cheesecake, but I'm like celebratory old, cheesecake. Yeah, forty two year old white woman at a brunch, tipsy. Yeah, like that's about where I'm at. Um, no, I'm I'm feeling great. <clears throat> um, I mean, yeah, the, there there is a certain amount of expectation. Tempering, I, I agree, but at the same time, the stuff that I saw uh, was stuff that I haven't seen all year long um, from Flacco or or Wilson. Um, and and I'm not just talking about throwing TDs. I'm talking about the mechanics, the stuff that that you know Zach mm-hmm. should have, and and the things that you know Robert Silas talking about that he doesn't any longer. Um, Decision making, understanding of of the defense, understanding of the play call. Uh, you know footwork it was it was all there um and then seeing seeing what max mitchell did uh you know not even expecting to play them actually planning not to play him um coming straight off of injury and being the 11th ranked right tackle in the nfl you know uh for for that you know for this week uh -hmm. graded uh I, i i just saw so much out of that team and and Mike White's quarterback play helped the line, uh, and vice versa. And it, it's it's everything we've been asking for from every quarterback all year. Uh, so I, I can't help but be super stoked. And and I'm you know I've I've got the hot take uh, <laughs> of if Mike White gives us seventy percent of what he he gave us in that Bears game, we're we're going to go into the playoffs pretty 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 good. I think that's a well stated summation there that 70% thing because I you know it's I was trying to figure out um more on Mike White and yeah we I definitely want to you know go into some of the details on on the things we saw but yeah staying staying big picture uh you know one of the one of the things Sala said after the game was you know the easy plays were easy right and that's that's kind of the thing that we've just been begging for right like we're we're not asking you to, you know, the quarterback to, you know, I don't know, you know, figure out things and diagnose plays and, you know, do, you know, a Patrick Mahomes, you know, backwards shovel pass, you know, to, to, we're not asking for that. Like, we're just asking you to make a quick read, to throw it to Ty Montgomery, you know, and just make that know where you're going immediately with the football. And that gets you a 16 yard gain and you move the chains, right? Like there's this idea that, you know, being a check down Charlie is not uh, is not cool or not sexy or whatever. But, you know, I think I think Mike White proved yesterday, hey, listen, you, you can check it down and still move the chains. And that's the most important thing, as opposed to going three and out, you know, as we've seen with Zach Wilson, just time and time and time again this season. And right. So, you know, Mike White has basically thrown for three touchdowns and four starts ever. Uh, you know, Zach Wilson has never had three touchdowns, you know, in his his, the, his entire career so far. The the only player to either throw over three hundred yards or four touchdowns in their first four NFL starts. You want to know the list? Yes, please. Mike White obviously won. The of only course. other name on that list 
one Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Okay. <laughs> right. Boys, we, yes. got, we got a franchise quarterback. We, we got a franchise quarterback. Right. And so, so that's the thing. I think, you know, you know, I saw, I saw this tweet from Mike Greenberg, which is like so out of touch, which is like, you know, okay. Like, you know, Mike White has, you know, you know, you know, at least made the decision for one more game. It's like for one more game, like, come on, man. Like, I, I think, I, I don't know, maybe He's, I'm crazy man. unless he utterly implodes. Like, I just don't see Zach getting the job back this year. I mean, the locker room, the locker room reaction alone, the way the guy they've like, chosen to, to what Josh was saying just seeing how they gravitated towards him, how they played, how they were, you know, at the end of the game, I don't recall any, I don't recall the entire tight end room going and interrupting Zach Wilson's first game back this year uh, in the middle of an interview to, you know, to, to mess with him, scream with him and just, you know, you know, celebrate. Um, That, that was, that was an amazing feeling to see that. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, like, He's got as much rope as Zach Wilson had, in my opinion. I mean, he's shown more than Zach Wilson has. The out of out of the four games that he's played, there's one. The one thing that people are are picking on is the the four interception game in Buffalo. And and at this point, we've got more evidence saying that this is closer to what Mike White is than that. Thanks for listening to Play Like a Jet. Just want to remind you that over at prizepicks.com, you can participate in their daily fantasy matchups against their prize picks player projections. You can do it on prizepicks.com or the prize picks app. I do it every single week. Unfortunately, this past week, I thought Michael Carter was going to beat his prize picks player projection. He didn't. I didn't think the receivers would because I didn't know what to expect from Mike White. I should have known better than that because Garrett Wilson had a huge day, easily beat his prize picks player projection of 54. I think I'm going to take Garrett Wilson this week. I may take Elijah Moore too. When you pick two to six players over at prizepicks.com and you put in your first deposit of up to $100, prizepicks will match your $100 and you can win up to 25 times the amount of money you put in. You don't play against anybody else, just the prizepicks player projection. You can do football, basketball, baseball, hockey, anything you want. It's all at prizepicks.com or the prizepicks app. When you sign up, just use the promo code PLAJ and they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Again, sign up at prizepicks.com or on the PrizePicks app. Use the promo code PLAJ and they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. You look at the jet schedule and we're going to get a really quick, you know, test, you know, coming up here over the next couple of weeks. The Jets, you know, play the Vikings and then the Bills in the next two weeks. So, and, you know, Vikings are playing decent football, you know, pretty good football. Bills are playing, you know, best, best in the division football. So like, I, I just, even though the Jets beat them already, like we're going to see really quick who this guy is. And I think one of the things that I wanted to kind of do some research and, and take a look at Mike White, the quarterback. And to your point, Travis, you know, you can look at a four interception game and say, oh, that guy's terrible. Or, you know, they were, the team was terrible or whatever. But so I, so football outsiders is an amazing site. Uh, when I lived in Boston, I knew Aaron Schatz. We lived like we would go watch football games together. He's the guy who who built Football Outsiders. Um, like just you know at the bar, we'd go watch games and talk sometimes. But like the whole concept of Football Outsiders is trying to boil down every player in every situation to understand how good is this person when you're just not looking at counting stats, when you're thinking about efficiency, that sort of thing. So I wanted to do. And see, like, okay, well, what is Mike White? What was he last year? So I, I've got some numbers that I want to read to you on on Mike White. So do I think? Let me just start to say this: like, do I think he's the franchise future for this? You know, for the Jets, yes. for the next ten years. <laughs> Josh <laughs> says yes. I say I'm not sure yet. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a not little sure less either. But yeah, but like, is he is he like the the Christmas the ghost of Christmas present for this team? Yes, I definitely think he is that. And so, so here's some stats that back that up. So when you look to last season and you look at the quarterback ratings on Football Outsiders, so he only played limited right a limited number of games, right? So you can't rank him over the course of a 17 game season, but you can infer some or just say, hey, if he continued to play at that level across the whole rest of the season, where would he have ranked? So Football Outsiders gives you all that sort of information. So he had a uh, the numbers, a 161 DR, uh, which doesn't really mean a lot. But effectively, what that means is kind of on a holistic basis, that would have ranked him 23rd among all starting quarterbacks, just above Baker Mayfield and just below mm-hmm. Tyler Haneke, right? So he's like a 20, he's like a 20s-ish quarterback. So above replacement level 32, you know, meanwhile, if you look at Zach Wilson's numbers for, you know, the, that same 2021 stretch, he was 34th with more playing time, right? And then if you look at, so the other stat that they, that Football Outsiders talks about is DVOA. You see this all over the web and that's his efficiency kind of in similar situations against other players. He would have ranked 13th. So in terms of efficiency, so, you know, what does he do in a given situation 
across the league. So he would have ranked 13th just behind Russell Wilson and just ahead of Mac Jones. Um, I think I don't have the number up in front of me right now, but I believe Wilson was also similarly ranked in the thirties. Um, so, so, so my point is you look at the New York post or one of the daily news today and the tab lines, I think are going to be making a lot of this win and, you know, the fans and the media and, you know, WFAN and everybody's going to make, be making a lot of this win. And I, I do think putting some unfair expectations on white, but basically my conclusion is Mike white has made baseline competence look stunning compared to what we've been seeing. Right. Um, You know, the girl next door looks super hot compared to whatever we had before. Right. Like, so I think he's better than Zach Wilson, but I also like, I'm not ready to, you know, melt down our gold and make a golden idol of Mike White just yet, but he is what this team needs right now. And I think that proves if you want, as you all talked about, you know, the post game interviews and stuff, you listen to the players, you listen to how excited they were for him. You listen to how they respect him. You know, I think who was it? Was it Elijah Moore? Uh, was talking about like, you know, man, he's from Florida. Like, you know, he, he knows he's, he's from that crib, right? Like it just that they, they like this guy. They like the fact that he's getting the football. They like the way that he prepares, you know, so that's what we need. And then to see the image of the four quarterbacks sitting on the bench yesterday and the three are on the tablets, you know, looking and trying to figure out, you know, game situation stuff. And Zach Wilson is smirking, looking off into the distance, you know, like, I, I don't know that he's dead in this organization. And, and Robert Sala said he's not dead. He just needs a reset, right? Like, do what do you think? Do you think this is a reset situation for Zach Wilson? Or do you think we've seen the last of Zach Wilson just based out of one game, which is not a lot of sample, Josh? I don't, I don't think it's the last we're going to see of him. I do think that it's going to take a lot for him to get back on the field, though. Like, it's not going to be... Mike White not playing well. Um, it's going to need to be more than, hey, Mike White's struggling the last couple games. Um, I think Mike White's going to be in there for the next two, three weeks at least before they reassess with Zach. I don't think it's going to be a game-to-game um, kind of application here. I don't think they made this change lightly. I don't think, you know, even even going back to some of the some of the logistics last week when <clears throat> the media is waiting for Robert Sala for, for more than an hour for his normal press conference and seemingly – He's meeting with players, he's meeting with coaches, probably meeting with Zach Wilson, figuring out what they want to do uh, before they get in front of the media and then making the change on Friday. And so it seems like this was not a small decision based off one game. Let's give Zach a game off and get his, hair, his head clear. Um, and to, to their credit, Zach looked miserable yesterday. Like there's, there's just body language stuff that's just off with that guy. Um, there's, there's either a lack of self-awareness or immaturity, um, that's, that's really causing what's at the root of this with him. Um, because it's not just about poor football play. It's about, Mm -hmm. I know best and no one can tell me anything. I'm just going to do what I want, um, and not grow and not listen to coaches. It's seemingly what's happening here. And so I don't think it's forever. Um, but I do think that if this Jets team is playing well, I think, I think even going back to the beginning of the season and people are asking this question now, and it's interesting to look back at Joe Flacco getting those starts early in the year and not Mike White. Um, and seemingly maybe them feeling like we have to, if, if we go to, if we, if we give the ball to Mike White early and he plays well, Zach Wilson gets healthy. How do we make that move back to Zach Wilson without losing him then? It seemed like putting Flacco in those, those early games was mm-hmm. a little bit to, a little bit to coddle 
Zach, um, which I think this coaching staff has just run out of patience with him. And so I don't think it's yeah. a quick fix. I don't think it's a quick change. I don't think Mike White's on a short leash. Um, you know, the next couple of games are tough. Buffalo and Minnesota are, you know, Super Bowl contenders. And so this, these are really telling games. Um, I think it's, those two games are going to have way more to do with the defense that they will with Mike White. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's the last time we see him. I do think he gets another shot. But if the Jets keep playing well now, now it's really hard to move on. Now it's really hard to sit Mike White down if his team is rallying around him and playing the way they played yesterday, um, maybe winning, you know, four of the next six or crazy five and one stretch or whatever. Even three and three feels like, how do you make a move from this guy? Um, knowing how the team has responded to him behind the center. So um, I think we do see Zach. Um, I don't know when or what the circumstances will look like, but I don't think it's just merely in the next week or two they make the shift back to him um, unless something cataclysmic happens in practice that right. they start to feel really, really good about him and Mike White's on board. Uh, yeah. Ha- what do you think, Travis? Are you – He's done. He's done. He's done. He's done. He's done. He's done. Uh, you, if if you listen to Silas' comments, they they mirror almost exactly his comments about like Darnold and the offseason. This is just lip service. As somebody that manages a buttload of people and a buttload of people that don't always fulfill their potential, um, these are things that you say in those situations, and that's one of the things that I'm so amazed and so stoked about within this organization is that you don't you put the onus on that person to get back on the field. You put the onus on that person to say like, you know, we, we have, you know, we, we have failed to help that person grow. And that's, that's correct. Like for, for whatever, like we, it's the, the, the organization has not been able to figure out how to get Zach Wilson to that point. And, and that's even if it's possible, but the onus is on Zach Wilson to get to that point. And all you've got to say is that, I, we can't get him back on field because he's not doing better than Mike White. And with the, the way the locker room has responded, the way they have, have approached this as a locker room team first mentality, I don't see him getting back on the field uh, this year. <clears throat> if we win one of the next two games, I don't think he's back this year. I don't think he's back at all. Um, if anything, at worst, we're going to pick up one of the quarterbacks in the offseason. Um if Mike White hasn't shown it and Mike White's going to continue to be our backup, he's got a fifth year option still. Um, I, I think that they would, you know, Zach might be on the team, but I don't think he's going to see the field. I, I, I really, really truly think that, you know, this is, this is a, I won't say that it's a continuation of coddling, but it, it's, it's kind of the opposite. It's, it's taking that coddling and laying it on his lap and saying, okay, it's Zach. It's on you to fix your mechanics. The things that we, Salah said it, the, the reasons we drafted him are the reasons he's failing right now because he's not doing those things. The things that are intrinsically his, like we're, we're, we're not just talking about mentality now. We're talking about footwork. We're talking about movements. We're talking about reads. We're talking about instinct and it's gone. So those are things that you can't necessarily teach this person. Um, He's got to get them back. He's got to get that confidence back somehow, some way. And part of that is getting the confidence of the team back in him. And I don't see that happening. Yeah, it's it, it certainly is interesting. And and right, I, I like the way you phrase that. That the onus is now put on him. He's got to be <clears throat> outperforming White in the film room, in the locker room, 
uh, on the practice field, you know, whatever the situation is, it's, it's his, he needs to, to win it back. Um, and right. It's going to be hard and it's, it's going to be really hard to do that. If Mike white can go out and continue to do the things that he has been doing, right. Garrett Wilson said that after the game in his post game comments that, Hey, this is a guy who shows up every week in practice and, you know, is dedicated to his craft and, and do, does his thing. And so, yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're glad to see that, you know, be, be rewarded. He said something I'm paraphrasing mightily, but those were effectively his comments. And so, so right. So now, so now Zach Wilson needs to figure out what it takes to, you know, to do that. And right. If, if to your point, if Mike White wins one of the next two games, it's, it certainly feels like it's shutting the door on, you know, at least if not slamming it closed, it's certainly closing it pretty severely. So I, uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested. I, I, I like the way this, this thing is playing out. And one of the things that I've always noticed about teams that go to the playoffs and seem to do well in the playoffs is that they have one of two things, right? They basically, you, well, you have to have two things. You have to have one like top rated unit, basically, you know, so like a, you know, a great defense and a mediocre offense or, um, you know, a great offense and a mediocre defense. So the Jets clearly have one of those two things, right? They have a great defense, you know, top five defense this year with the players they have, the way that they're, you know, applying pressure, the way that they're able to, you know, work in coverage. Uh, you know, they just, this, this unit is, is very impressive. So, so right. All you need out of, out of the offense is just baseline competence. You just need them to be somewhere in the teens in terms of what what they're doing and right to the point of like you know they've got Garrett Wilson they've got Elijah Moore they've got Corey Davis whatever you think about you know him like you know he's now back on the field you we don't have Brees Hall which will be a you know an upgrade next year uh you know Michael Carter has been fine the offensive line is getting healthy uh you've got and and right we need to talk a little bit about Herbig and Mitchell but um but, uh, you know, in, in addition to that, Zonovan Knight kind of comes out of nowhere. You know, he was going to be up early this week, it looked like. Uh, and James Robinson, I'm actually very curious to to know about this. Let's let's talk about the offensive line in a second. But do you think Zonovan Knight, based on the way he played, will continue to be active and play significant snaps on game day? Because here's a thing. James Robinson is about 150 yards away from his escalation of a sixth round pick to a fifth round pick. And we know Joe Douglas loves his picks. So Goodbye, do, James. You, do you, yeah. Do you feel like James Robinson is going to be put on ice now based on how Zonovan Knight played he, based on how the offensive line played? I think it's both. Um, Zonovan got 14 carries yesterday, 14 carries and Michael Carter had six and Ty Johnson had five. If Ty Johnson's getting five carries, um, I don't think James is going to see the field. Uh, um, I, it could be that, you know, I hate to say petty because it is a draft. It's a, it's a whole round difference and no one loves their draft capital more than, than Mr. JD. So, um, would not be shocked, but Zonovan, Zonovan also made, uh, he had eight, he, he caused eight missed tackles. And so eight, eight, eight wow. times shifted away from or worked his way through a tackle yesterday, which was by far the most. Um, on a Sunday, it was such a man. What a what a debut for that guy! I feel super super happy for him. Um, but there is obviously, and I'll let I'll let Travis talk way more about this. But that offensive line just bullied the Bears yesterday, um, and and created created room for him to run. Ty Johnson's getting five carries and sixty yards. Uh, something's going right on the offensive line. 
Yeah, what do you think about the line, Travis, and how they played and how the off the, uh, the running backs responded behind that group? I mean, obviously they're not going up against Matthew Judon or like an insane <laughs> right, Robert Quinn or, or Roquan like Smith. Yeah, yeah, that's true. yes, yes. Which which was made abundantly clear during the <clears throat> during the the broadcast. But at the same time, again, you've got your your right tackle coming off the bench, coming straight off of injury, just got activated off of IR on Tuesday. Um, and a boy, he goes down three, four plays into the game. And all of a sudden, Max Mitchell's now your starter. Uh, and to put up the performance that he did, like, I'm sorry, like, whatever, <clears throat> whatever your qualms are with the quality of the defense, like, that's still a damn good performance. Um mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing uh, for the rest of the season to me is the fact that this line is finally healthy. Like we're finally getting a healthy line that has some semblance of cohesion. Uh, And it's at the perfect time at the perfect time, you know, Mm -hmm. it's getting cold run game is going to be more important. Um, One of the, 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 the reasons I have, so much faith in Mike White beyond uh, what I've already talked about is, and this is something I, I brought up freaking two years ago, or a year ago, uh, and people talk about it all the time as a bad thing, but Mike LaFleur's, you know, his his offense, his, his play calling comes off as boring, uh, especially when you've got Zach Wilson in there, but it's boring because it's it's conducive to young quarterbacks to make quick decisions, to not put the, you know, the, the line to not expose them to have to protect the amount of time that they had. And we have a quarterback in there that understands the offense to a T and can make those quick decisions, which makes the line look even better right as we're becoming healthy. And those are, those are factors that I don't think anyone is taking into account into this Zach Wilson coming back, or is Mike White going to stay, or how's he going to perform? He's essentially walking into a golden situation with, with the way LaFleur calls plays, where the offensive personnel is at this point in the season, I, I, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 an interesting um, place for him, right? <laughs> that things are kind of clicking into place, and um, it's yeah, it's it's exciting, and it's exciting to see see players emerging, and right for him to be able to use his platform as a quarterback to actually. Um, you know, see, uh, let, let players shine, right? And so we saw that yesterday from Garrett Wilson. We saw it from Elijah Moore. Um, obviously, we spent a lot of time earlier this season talking about Elijah Moore, his behavior, his, um, you know, the things he was doing yesterday after the game. He was all smiles. He was all, you know, you know, this, you know, we're blessed and this team's great. And, you know, this locker room's great. And, you know, good to be out there and execute. And he's talking about kissing his football and like, I mean, you know, and kind of talk, you know, whispering sweet enough. I got weirded out by that. Like, he got, got, I got, got a little too far. Icky. Wandered into <laughs> Rex like, Ryan territory. Yeah. yeah. I was like, when he was talking about that and I was like, is he talking about, who's he talking about? And there's his girlfriend. And then uh, like, I watched it. Back, I was like, oh, his, he's talking about a football. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. That's um, not really icky. So, I mean, how do we feel about, you know, Elijah Moore? We talked about him last week as the emotional canary in the coal mine. Um, I mean, what what are we to make of if he's if he's the emotional canary in the coal mine? What are we to make of the way he, you know, he 
he stood up in front of the media and talked to them yesterday, Josh. Yeah, other than telling, the weirdness. Yeah, other than the weirdness, um, it's telling. Now, I want to temper what I'm going to say. I, I, I like Elijah Moore. I want him to be invested in this team. Obviously, he brings a dynamic as a wide receiver that is really, really hard to find and also very valuable once you do find. Um, he and Garrett Wilson together could be lethal for the next few years, hopefully. Um, you know, se- seemingly um, a really great young dynamic duo. There is something to be said for people that swing from one end of the pendulum to the other pretty quickly um, with one circumstantial shift. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm not thrilled about that because week in, week out, is this going to be another, I'm not getting the ball. I only got two targets. I don't want to be here again. Like there's, there could be some temperamental stuff going on with him, but um, because, you know, even when the team was winning, going going on a winning streak, he was still complaining week in, week out, and that didn't feel great. So um, I am hopeful that he is finding somewhere in the middle of those two extremes between I want out of here and I am doing illicit things to a football because I'm so happy. Um, let's find a happy <laughs> medium, Elijah, and you know let's let's take a let's take a melatonin gummy tonight. Go to sleep, have a good night's rest, and wake up tomorrow. Go back to practice and just start to create a confidence in your regularity as a person and your emotions rather than swinging from one to the other um, based off yeah. circumstance. Uh, Travis, uh, Mike White got the ball to 10 different targets during the game. You know, part of that is, you know, Corey Davis is up for the game, but, you know, Elijah Moore saw the ball, as we just talked about, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis. Uh, I think Denzel Mims had one catch. Yeah, he had a catch. Um, uh, Uzoma, Conklin, Barrios, Carter, Johnson, Zonovan Knight, like, I mean, you know, he was out there dealing the ball to many people. And I think he was asked that in his post-game presser. And basically, like, his answer was just, yeah, like, that was the read. Like, it was the the read or my, my second guy, right? And so, like, w- when you think about what we've seen from Zach Wilson and his inability to read, like, uh, you know, do do you feel like even in – in spite of playing against some tough teams that are, you know, coming up here in the month of December, um, do you feel like that's the sort of behavior that that White can, you know, continue to to do? I mean, I'm not maybe he doesn't get the ball to ten guys every game, but that he can distribute the ball, that he can hit his his first man, that he knows. Like, it, I guess I don't know what I'm asking, but like, did it just seem like yesterday there was a level of preparation? and knowledge of the offense, as you talked about earlier, it's easy. It's an easy offense for young guys. Like, did you just, did it just feel like this guy innately knew what he was supposed to be doing? Like when you watched it, Travis? Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it speaks to, <clears throat> I don't think I actually touched on it, although I should have, cause I think it was the actual question you asked me. Uh, I mean, it shows in, in what Zonovan did. It shows in what Mike did, uh, <clears throat> you know, for a running back, this is a one cut offense. Um, it's quick decisions. It's and, and in order to make those quick decisions, you have to understand the offense. You have to understand where the players are supposed to be. You have to understand where your reads are going and you have to understand like where the defense is. So no, it it a hundred percent felt like he understood the offense better than Zach has mm. at any single point. Because I you you can you can rewatch that tape. And, and you can see when he's hitting second reads, third reads, and there's multiple points where that was happening. He was going through his progressions at great times. You can see the fact that, you know, um, you were talking about that Ty Johnson uh, touchdown. 
that uh, yeah. compared to in that Patriots game where it took a solid three, four seconds for him to even get to Elijah Moore, who who was the second read, if I recall correctly, um, the dump off guy over there in the flats. You know, Ty Johnson was that. You watched that play develop. You understood that he was actually the dump off guy, but he made it through his progressions quick enough to understand mm-hmm. not waiting for plays to develop, not waiting to see what the defense was going to do or react. He already knew how they were going to theoretically react because of his preparation and knew that once he saw where those where those DBs were, you know, in their position, how that play was going to play out with those reads and then immediately went to his check down before he before it was a last resort. And that is good quarterback play. That's smart quarterback play. That's understanding your defense. And that's playing, or I'm sorry, understanding your offense, playing within it. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what I saw out of virtually everyone that was a hands-on-the-ball person, tight end, I'm sorry, uh, running backs, quarterbacks that are going to get the ball off the snap. They understood where they had to make their first reaction and when and how. And it was so refreshing to see because Mike LaFour's offense is built on that. And that's why I'm, I'm so elated because being able to, to see people understanding what needs to be going on is, is amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. I, w- I want to ask you a question, Josh. And <laughs> Sorry. You can chime in. Travis. No, that's great. That's great. Um, I, I just having this conversation with some other folks like Jets draft, the 2022 draft, Sauce Gardner at four, Garrett Wilson at 10. They trade back up to get right Jermaine Johnson at 26, um, the, uh, they, who has been amazing, right? Who they basically got to rush, uh, to rush, um, you know, Josh Allen types or, you know, Justin Fields types, um, and has had, has had a pretty, pretty stellar year. Brees Hall in the second, um, at 36, which obviously looked really good until he had his, his injury. Uh, third round, they get, they get Jeremy Ruckert, who we have not seen a lot of yet, but, you know, is a young, interesting tight end out of a winning program. Um, you know, really hard for him to get targets when you're playing at Ohio state uh, with the, with the receivers they had there, but, but nevertheless, um, interesting player. Uh, then they get Max Mitchell in the fourth round at one eleven, and they get Michael Clemens at one seventeen. Amazing. Is this amazing? Is this going to be a better or like a similar worse or better draft class than the 2006 draft class with Debrickshaw Ferguson, uh, oh, Nick man. Mangold, Leon Washington, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think? I think, I think it's, they're different, right? One, like if we yeah. look at, if we look at it, if we look at this draft class and we think about the guys that we've seen on the field. So, you know, Jermaine Johnson and Michael Clemens, and then obviously Brees soft and, and Garrett Wilson, like they're at a little bit more premium, you know, visible positions. They're not offensive linemen. Um, it, it, and the 2006 class is going to be super special for a lot of reasons. It gave them the, the foundation to, to go to back to back AFC championship games. Um, but this, this draft class with what's already been established, um, you know, we're not, we're not, when's the last time we talked about Makai Becton? Like when's the last time we talked? Like there's a foundation <laughs> on this team where Max Mitchell comes in and you, and you grab an AVT and, you know, you, you build around some of the guys that were here and bring in some guys from the outside. Um, you know, it's, it could be, it could be one that gets a lot more headlines than the 2006 draft class. 
impact, you know, obviously TBD, but you know, what we've seen from sauce, what we've seen from Garrett Wilson, which I am, I am stoically on the, on the, on the bandwagon, the hot take, the hot take mobile saying that if, if Garrett Wilson had competent quarterback play this whole season, he's being talked about as the next Justin Jefferson of the NFL. Um, you extrapolate his staff when, when he's got mm-hmm. Flacco and Mike White throwing to him, it's a 1500 yard season and 15 touchdowns. Like it's insane. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's the type of player he is. Obviously, what Thoth is doing, obviously, what Brees was doing before that injury. Michael Clemens, week in, week out, is maybe one of the five most terrifying players in the NFL. Jermaine Johnson getting some really impact looks um, on a stack defense. Like, it's a very special draft class already. And we're 12 weeks into it. Like, it's incredible. It's really incredible to see um, what's possible with those guys. The next iteration, you know, we'll start talking about this over the next couple of years, obviously, but when these guys start coming up for second contracts and now Joe Douglas has to shift from draft capital into managing salary cap um, and getting all these guys in at numbers, locking them in hopefully for as long as humanly possible. That's where it'll become super interesting. But um, obviously we've, we've hit some home runs and now it's going to be a matter of a thing healthy um, and then be figuring out the dollars because it's going to get super tricky with all this talent on the field. Yeah. Travis, what, what do you think? Any thoughts on 06 versus 2022? Surprisingly. 06 is not my best draft considering my favorite player of all time was drafted in the 06 draft. The 2000 draft I think was better than the oh. 06. Okay. Yeah, Lavernius Coles, Chad Pennington, mm. Anthony Beck, Sean Ellis, John Abraham. Yeah, it's pretty special. That draft was freaking insane. And I think this is on par with that. Uh, the amount of production that we are already getting out of Clemens and Johnson right about where it was with Sean Ellis. Abraham was a little further ahead, but also he wasn't dealing with a a uh, swap in of 10 different players, you know, rushing the quarterback. Um, <laughs> but this is up there in the top top one or two um, drafts that I've ever seen. And I, I agree yeah. uh, with with how this is going to play out with, with uh, Joe Douglas. And I think that's another reason why I'm so hopeful with Mike White is that you know, he's getting ready to be on a fifth year option. And, you know, if we could, if, if he shows that he can run this offense and be competent and we can re-sign him that in, instead of signing, you know, Derek Carr for an insane amount of money or, you know, Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson for an insane amount of money or, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo for a decent amount of money. Uh, if we, if we can get him locked in, if, if he is, you know, what he's showing that he is, um, I think that frees up a lot. I don't see Elijah Moore staying with us, but uh, but this this past draft is is definitely generational. Yeah, it's and I think and we've talked about this a lot of times, right? But last year was about youth. It was certainly about um, you know getting some of the guys in the door. You know, AVT, Elijah Moore, et cetera, et cetera, um, uh, and and that was great. Um, but you you had that plus all the undrafted free agents that were on the team at the time that certainly you know filled filled spots and they you know kind of build back in over those spots and added more to it and so right you're starting to build up this uh, this level of of talent um, and then right you know you get them to come together like it's funny I have friends uh, other other friends uh, who are kind of New York sports and I'm in a uh, uh, a text group with them and, and they're saying some of them were saying like I've never seen a team talk about the them like this locker room the way this team does like other than hockey like other than hockey this is the only only group of players that I've seen 
you know, just so bought into each other. Um, and so, yeah, so it's exciting to think about, right, what this team could be in the future and the years to come. Or, and you're right, Josh, as you as you figure out how you manage the cap. Right. But like if you if you continue to draft well and right, you continue to draft out of, um, hey, we're looking for good players and we'll figure it out like then. Right. That's how you start to build a real juggernaut, a real team. Um, that can compete, you know, for, for many years at a time. And, and right to, to the point about, um, Mike White, like if, if he is the guy, um, and you can get him to a low money contract because of his pedigree and, you know, skill and some loyalty and things like that, like, cause he says, you know what, I'll sign a three year deal and then I'll figure out what to do after that. Like that, you know, that gives the Jets even more time to figure out what to do and is he the right player and you can bring in other players. Uh, to, to join the, the organization. So, sorry, it does start to feel like there is this cycle of success that's building in the organization, no matter how the season plays out. Of course, we want the Jets to go to the playoffs, but, um, but at the end of the day, right, like there is, there's something brewing here that, yeah, we, we just, we haven't seen before. Um, so yeah, it, it's just very exciting. Um, anything we, we've spent a lot of time on the offense, of course, um, and we've talked a little bit about the defense, but anything specifically stick out to you, Travis, yesterday watching the defense play and, and you know, some of the things that they were doing um, out there? I really feel like we need to get the hood champ off SNY and in there to give a tackling demo to everybody. I think that's my <laughs> biggest freaking thing. Bart Scott, please go out there and just show some people how to freaking like lay the wood to it. Um, that's my biggest thing. It's like we, it's, it's, uh, not to bring back like the 2000s era, but it reminds me a lot of like the Herm Edwards defenses of Ben don't break. Like we, we don't let people score points, but God over the middle, we are screwed. <laughs> like sometimes like CJ Mosley is showing his age and Joyner and Whitehead are not that kind of, of, uh, of safety to, to really mm. kind of come up. Um, so that's, that's been a really hard part for us. Like Quan's been a, a little bit of saving grace and a lot of that. And, and Quincy is, I, I adore Quincy Williams. I think we talk about this on a weekly basis. It's a, yeah. it's a home run or a whiff. Um, right. So I, so I, I think scud. Hard, he's a scud hard, missile. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. He is a scud mm. missile. Um, he is not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love him to death. I love his energy. I love how hard he hits, but like, man, um, but there are, that that's our biggest weaknesses across the middle. And, and I think it's going to continue to start getting exploited unless we can, can figure something out. And it, and it goes to being, you know, how aggressive we are up front sometimes. So uh, that, that's what I saw. I, I thought it was, was crazy that both DJ and uh, sauce gave up a 15 plus yarder uh, then settled down. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I loved all the overrated comments I saw on Twitter for uh, <laughs> uh, regarding both of them. Um, which I thought was hilarious, but I, I don't think Sauce gave up a single catch after that one like in one. the game. So, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, the it, one. It's 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 telling, right? Like, it's it's like, wait, this is your guy. This is your this is your king. Um, and yet he he, when you give up one big play in in twenty twenty two, um. Literally, we can count on one hand the number of ten plus mm-hmm. yard completions that Soft has given up this year. Like, there's there's a reason why universally analytics and you know actual 
analysts of football love the way that he plays because he just doesn't give those plays up. And so that one big catch, it was it was a really good play by Claypool. Claypool's a really big, really aggressive mm-hmm. wide receiver. I thought it was a really great play from him. Um, but Sauce is not going to give up many of those. So, yeah, I, I'm fine with the criticism. Let it fuel him a little bit more, but he's already that guy. Yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting you mentioned C.J. Mosley. You know, he is one of those players who is clearly, you know, a heartbeat for, for this defensive unit, you know, at least this year. Um, and and while he had a heck of a game yesterday, I think he had like 10 combined tackles, um, you know, some great plays. You know, certainly you, you think about year, years to come, they are going to have to think about how do they address that? How do they get their own, um, gosh, I don't know, like, you know, Vander Esch type player into that, into that, you know, role in, in the years to come, somebody that they draft in house, um, you know, linebacker is a tough place to prioritize, but you know, the, the good thing about it is, you know, you don't have to spend a 15th pick to get Jonathan Vilma anymore. You know, you can get those kind of players, you know, in the second, third round. Um, so, so I'm very interested to see what they'll do. I certainly think to your point, uh, Travis, he, he's someone that if you bring on a player next year, um, you know, who could maybe apprentice or, you know, is, is ready to go like that, that would be an interesting, um, an interesting, you know, way to see how things play out. Uh, Mosley has a, he would be a $20 million dead money hit, but you know, um, next year. So the jets are, I think they're going to give him at least one more year. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Before they, I I think Quincy is going to be the heir apparent, to be honest. Uh, might be, yeah. And 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 watching the the difference between him and when he put you know his his early time in in Jacksonville and even even last year like he's come leaps and bounds and I, I think being there with Quan and CJ has really really rubbed off a ton on him and and I could see him in a couple of years being pretty dominant I mean I'm not saying you know yeah top you know like CJ Mosley but like. You know when, his, yeah, his you, ceiling. You, you look, he, you look like Bart Scott and Ray Lewis. Like he could right, be yeah. our Bart Scott. And and mm-hmm. granted, our Bart Scott was our Ray Bart Lewis Scott. at that point. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I really feel like he could be that just under amazing tier kind of a linebacker that's got the energy that that can lead. You know, very much like a David Harris type. Like if he can just mm-hmm. like get his tackling down. I really feel like he could be like the hitman. He he's 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 who we wanted Darren Lee to be, boys. And Darren Lee wasn't him. <laughs> Good lord, you are correct. He is everything that I expected Darren Lee to be. Um, and that's why you don't draft linebackers in the first round. Middle linebackers. You always leave a note. How have I not talked about Darren Lee in literally like a year and a half? Isn't it nice? We haven't. We yeah, haven't it is. Yeah. But at the We've same time, on. like. I know he's back living in Tennessee. Like I, I really kind of feel like in the offseason, I'm going to I'm going to make a little like video journal of trying to find Darren Lee. Finding Darren Lee. I'm gonna go. New, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go through Tennessee and then yeah. try to find. It. Sounds like a Netflix movie. <laughs> um, it does uh, all right. Before we go, I've got to know. I've got to know Thanksgiving. Um, uh, uh, Travis, you don't get to eat Thanksgiving dinners <laughs> with your family. You get to feed hundreds of other people, but. Um, what were your crowning accomplishments, uh, culinary accomplishments over the the last couple days, week? Um, I, I'll start. 
So I made Travis has a a famous famous um, mm. cake recipe called apple stack cake, and so I I begged him for his recipe. Uh, Travis, I confess I did not make the six bushels of apples into apple butter. I just bought apple butter at the store. Um, but uh, next That's time, not really worse. Next time, yeah, maybe next time I'll get the six bushels of apples and make apple butter. But, uh, but I anyway, only threw I, that in because like all the time, I appreciate like, oh, I'm taking the family apple butter, apple picking. I was like, I oh, well, it. like, you know, I love it. I love maybe it. Maybe put Elliot to work. That. Yeah, <laughs> I will definitely make that. And I will, it will require a canoe paddle to make uh, any, anytime I can make a, uh, cook something that requires a canoe paddle. I'll definitely do that. But anyway, so this apple stack cake, uh, Travis, you can explain it better than I, but it's a multi-layer, like a six layer ish cake. Um, and then you, you kind of bake them individually. They're kind of cookie wafer, gingerbready. And then you put apple butter on the top and you put the, them high and then you coat the sides and you let it sit for two days. And it is like, you get a thin slice of that. And oh my God, it is one of the best, like de- most delicious desserts I've ever had. I was so proud of it. I had never made it before. I was a little stressed out. I made the bottom layers a little too thick, Travis. But as I went, I was able to kind of make the layers thinner. And it was definitely better when you can make those layers nice and thin because then that apple butter seeps in. Oh, yeah. um, It's just so jammy. So jammy. So good. It was delicious. Yeah. It's like, it's like, um, yeah. Imagine if you had gingerbread cookies that you dunked into apple butter for like a week. That's what it would taste like. Legit, it was so good. The most moist cake in the entire yeah. universe. Mm. It was awesome. It was awesome. So thank you for the recipe. I made it. And of course. I can't wait to make it again. Um, all right. Uh, Travis, what did, what did you do cooking for hundreds of other people? Um, I confeited for about, well, I cold smoked, then confeited a total of 36 whole turkeys over the span of about 22 hours. Um, oh my God. did that, did stuffing fritters. Um, probably. Oh like my God. Undertaking. That would be amazing. Yeah, stuffing fritters. Idea. They were oh great. My. Yeah. Like I took my stuffing, I pureed it, made it almost like a beignet, fried them, uh, made like a sage oh and, uh, yuzu aioli underneath. Uh, but my favorite thing that I did was I took, uh, about 14 pumpkins, and I've got a really cool, like, super scientific uh, rotary distiller. And I distilled pumpkin juice out of these, as well as uh, juice out of fresh ginger, uh, juice out of fresh uh, spice bush, which everyone knows is allspice. allspice um, yeah. I, uh, I distilled all of this into clear liquid and made a, an actual clear pumpkin pie. Not one of the ones you see on, like, a random blog where you got to throw in a bunch of, like, gelatin and it's like a weird textured so like this was actually like pretty close to the texture of pumpkin pie without the graininess uh it had some heft to it but it was completely mm. completely clear used tapioca starch that was a super fun one that it's is one of awesome the, you legit have to like close your eyes when you take a bite because your brain and your palate really <laughs> connect what you're eating because it doesn't make like, sense um, looks like um, jello but it tastes like pumpkin pie like, oh, yeah and it doesn't have the texture of awesome. jello it's it's so yeah. much but like everybody went nuts over that and uh uh the thing that everyone went insane over was uh actually did some white sand oysters with some pillowcase ham mm. from kentucky and some pickled mustard Ooh. seed and uh succulents I, I grow a bunch of succulents at my house because i'm an old plant lady but it's just a guy <laughs> um, <laughs> 
but uh, most of them are edible. And like uh, this thing called ice plants, got like it tastes kind of like oceany. So I put that on there too, and everybody nice. went nuts with that. So I personally ate a, uh, a turkey taco in the back, just kind of housed nice. it down and uh, ate some cookie crisp. That was my thanks. How, how many <laughs> some cookie crisp? Mm. How many bags? How many bags of crazy bread did you eat over the last week? That's what I want. Uh, zero. I, <laughs> what? I, well, here, like this, this is Buckwild stupid. I've, I'm, I'm on this kick right now of eating cookie crisp, but instead of putting milk on it, I put eggnog. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's <laughs> so good! All right, I'm going to buy cookie crisp today because we have eggnog. That sounds <laughs> awesome. So freaking good. King status. <laughs> oh my god! All right, what, what did you do? What did you well, do, sir? I should have gone before Travis because we knew he was going to have the most. No, that brisket. Lift. If anyone no. has seen a picture of it, it totally. Oh. Totally destroys everything I just talked about. That's not true. Yes. I didn't. I didn't clarify it and use tapioca starch and pickled mustard <laughs> seed. Uh, what I did was was trimmed and then uh, dry rubbed and smoked a a Texas brisket um, as an accoutrement to for the Thanksgiving table for for 13, 13, 13 hours. hours. Uh, 13 hours, 180, um, super smoke on my smoker, as smoky as I could possibly get it, um, for, for brisket sliders to be a additional, uh, protein on a, on a Thanksgiving, very traditional, my mom's house, very traditional kind of turkey stuffing, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, corn, all the starches. Um, and I realized 20, 20 ish people coming and she was going to make one 14 pound turkey. And I did the quick math in my head and said, (laughs) screw it. Let me go get a 12 pound brisket. Uh, smoke it overnight, um, slice it super thin, and then throw it on some uh, some su- some sweet Hawaiian bread with some pickled jalapenos, uh, pickled um, homemade pickles, um, half sours my wife makes, a uh, little bit of hot sauce, a little bit of barbecue sauce if you are uh, of oh that persuasion. God. And sounds good. Yeah, just I kind of really it, hope um, you. And still, I really hope you told people at church about this because that is heaven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was it, people people in our church saw it and they're like, we did. Like there was one guy, uh, he's a little bit newer, but he he um, he comes from Texas, and he's like, now listen, when you when you throw on the label that this is a Texas brisket, he's like, I need to hear your process, and so he's like, I better oh not hear gosh. the words spoil, I better not hear the words, oh, uh, you know, brined or blah blah blah. And I said, man, listen, I'm gonna smoke another one, and you can tell me if it lives up to your Austin, Texas, uh, Franklin barbecue standard, um, but. But yeah, 13 hour smoke brisket. Um, I also made a, I've got family, uh, we're Hatfields and McCoys when it comes to cranberry sauce. I am a traditional <laughs> cranberry sugar, orange zest, kind of make it on the stove. I want it as a sauce. I don't want it jellied. Um, just my, my personal thing. I don't, you know, people like ocean spray. That's fine. It's good for you. Um, I just don't like the, the jiggly stuff out of a can feels very, it just feels tacky, um, at a Thanksgiving dinner. And so I made the compromise. Um, Thanksgiving is all about, peace and harmony within family and keeping the peace with people. So I made a cranberry jelly for them, made some orange marmalade and then stuck that with some Whoa. cranberries and then pureed it. Um, and then kind of threw it into a, uh, just a glass, um, glass container in the fridge, let it set, um, overnight. And then like you would ocean spray style, kind of just <laughs> keep it or slice it. Um, but without the ridges. So I, I did get a little bit of grief for not getting the ridges into it, but it was a homemade uh... cranberry jelly. That's uh, awesome. My my, my wife did a bunch to of do that. Yeah, my father in law like he loves that kind of cranberry sauce like out of the can. And I basically yep. want and I generally make like you know fresh like you yep. do, like you just said on the stove. And I wanted to basically 
put it into a can, like a yes. green bean can or something, just to, you know, slap slosh it, down. it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been wanting to do yeah. that. So, okay, I will do the, that. The best year. part, the best part to me about making your own cranberry jelly is that, A, you know what's in it. So you feel really good. But then um, it, it does work the best for the day after Thanksgiving sandwich. The sauce over the oh, top, you yeah. get a little bit runny, oh, so you can get some liquid. Liquid will kind of separate from that sauce. But in the jellied form, make your sandwich, toast your bread, get your stuff on it, and then finish it with a little bit of cranberry jelly um, and, and knock it back. So, um, success is all around. Not not a failure at our Thanksgiving this year. Very happy. About Wonderful. That. That's awesome. Well, we all feasted well. We feasted on the Jets' victory. Um, hope that you, uh, yeah, you put on some um, uh, some loose loose slacks for for after the uh, after all the feasting. But um, we're looking forward to the weeks ahead. Um, it's going to be really interesting to get to see who this team is with this not quarterback. Time. Yeah, in this in this defense. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's going to be very, I'm very interested to see what the next couple of weeks are like. So we're, we're excited to watch these games. We hope you are too. Um, we will see you next week. So if you have not, um, rated and reviewed the podcast feed, make sure to do that in whatever podcast feed you do. And we will be back next week after the Jets play the Minnesota Vikings. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus